The Glasgow Evening News wrote on October 1903, in 10 years Europe will be buried beneath picture postcards. Welcome to 100 Years, 100 Objects, stories from the collections of Lancaster City Museums. My name is Rachel Roberts, Collections Registrar at Lancaster City Museums. 2023 marks 100 years of our museums and collections, and we're celebrating by examining 100 intriguing objects that help tell the story of Lancaster, Morecambe and the surrounding area. Today's object is something that most of us are familiar with, but which would have been even more familiar to the Edwardians. It's a way to send a quick line to friends and family. Today's object is a postcard, which shows a picture of Rosebury Avenue in Bowerham. There are hundreds of postcards in the museum collections. Before easily accessible phones and the internet, postcards were an extremely popular form of communication. In the Edwardian period, postcards abounded with images of every area, street or even individual house in a town like Lancaster or Morecambe. Today's postcard shows Rosebury Avenue in the Bowerham area of Lancaster. It is the standard size for a postcard of its era, about 12 centimetres by 8 centimetres, and the image on the front shows a typical Lancaster street, with rows of houses stretching away on each side. We can see from the postmark on the back that it was posted in 1907. We spoke to Julia Gillen, Professor of Literacy Studies in the Department of Linguistics and English Language at Lancaster University, who has studied many Edwardian postcards. She told us a little bit more about this card, including the image on the front and the message that can be found on the back. This is a postcard, quite an ordinary looking postcard, as we both thought when we looked at it. It's captioned Rosebury Avenue, Bowerham. It's an empty street, nothing but a dog in it, in winter, monochrome. On the other side, though, it gets quite exciting. It's written to Miss Seathorpe, 4 Greenwood Street, Boundary Lane, Liverpool. The postmark is Lancaster, and the postcard is written as, as follows. 11 Rosebury Avenue, Bowerham, Lancaster. Dear Christy, this is a photo of our new address. I'm sending letter, same post. Yours, George. So we find then that George has deliberately picked out this card in order to show Christy where he's just moved into. And this is a reason why the Edwardian postcard, in other words, a postcard between 1901 and 1910, was so exciting. It was the first time that people had the opportunity to combine an image with a short message and send it so that it would arrive really quickly. There were several deliveries a day, so Christy might well have received this card the very same day. And, as we saw, uh, George was also sending a letter at the same time, so I'll have a bit more to say about that later. The view, then, is of Rosebury Avenue, Bowerham, and it's quite similar to how Rosebury Avenue, Bowerham looks today. When we were standing there today, we can see that there are new doors and windows, as we'd expect. There are still, though, a few of the original chimney pots, each house in the 1907 postcard has very many chimney pots, but there are still a few of the original ones remaining today. We can see, though, that the photographer has quite skillfully used a wide-angle lens to make the street look wider and grander than it is. It's an unusual card, even for the Edwardian age, in that it is empty of people. Usually a photographer would have asked some people to stand. Here we've just got one little dog, and otherwise it's an empty winter view. Local photographers, such as R.D., who produced this postcard, would have made many such postcards and put them in local shops for people to sell. 
They also sometimes went round to people's houses to ask them if they wanted to commission cards. But for these selfies, then the family themselves would have been included in the cards. So this isn't one of those. It is a mass-produced postcard. To give us a bit of context to the postcard we are looking at, Julia told us a little about the history of postcards more generally, what made them so popular and how they evolved over the years. Postcards were invented in Austria in 1869 and started in Britain in 1870, the very following year. They were completely plain. The whole of one side was for the address and the other side for a text. But they were extraordinarily popular. In Britain, 76 million were sold in the first 15 months. The reason was it released people from the tyranny of writing a letter. Letter writing was taught in schools and had all sorts of conventions. But the postcard meant, of course, that you could only really use comparatively few words. In 1894, part pictorial postcards were introduced so that the post office allowed you to squeeze in a little writing around the photograph or image on the side. The whole of the other side was used for the address. But in January 1902 was the innovation that really tipped postcards over into what became known as the picture postcard craze, which was the divided back was introduced. So the format of the postcard that we see in George's postcard, with half of one side being for a message, half for the address, the stamp and the postmark, and the whole of the other side for the image. Sometimes a photograph or many other types of images were used. The postcard was so popular that almost six billion were sent in the Edwardian era. So that's that's now from the beginning of 1902 to 1910. Uh, we've been able to count that from looking at the Postmaster General's reports in our research. In terms of the picture on the picture side, we see a huge variety. Lots of cards are topographic, like this one, so depicting a, a landscape or a building or whatever. But there were also many memes and many popular ideas. So that in 1904-5, for example, the most popular image was that of actresses. People collected actresses, uh, shared their favourite celebrities, and the actresses themselves actually made a considerable proportion of their income from uh, working for photographers and having cards produced. You'd probably be quite surprised to know what was the next most popular theme. The next theme was rough seas. But there were many other memes popular today, such as cute cats, babies and so forth. The postcard was extraordinarily efficient, there were several deliveries a day. Both George and Miss Christie Thorpe would have received deliveries potentially from as early as 6am to as late as 10pm. They were cheap. You could use a halfpenny stamp as opposed to a penny stamp from a letter. And many were sent and received in the same day. So here's one, for example, to Miss Lothian on July the 6th, 1910. My dear M, I did not get home last night until after 10 o'clock. I had three punctures in back tyre, but mended them myself. Your loving friend, J.S. Very sorry, won't be down today, very wet. She went on to tell us about the large collection of postcards that she has been working with, how people use them, and how Edwardian society had concerns about this new craze. The 3,000 Edwardian picture postcards, on which my research is based, are now housed in Lancaster Digital Collections, and they're freely accessible online. So you can go and look up any of the postcards, look at the transcripts of the messages and see information appertaining to the census information of the addressees, if we've got that. And so research has shown that they were popular with every sector of society. The digital collection includes the cards Lloyd George's daughter and a not dissimilar card to the daughter of a tin miner in Cornwall. In the era, people were conscious of the picture postcard craze. The Glasgow Evening News wrote on October 1903, in 10 years Europe will be buried beneath picture postcards. Postcards offered many opportunities for creativity. 
you could obviously annotate a card. It's quite surprising, actually, that George hasn't put an X on his his, uh, house in the card that we're looking at today, because many people did and wrote on the picture and so forth as well. Of course, you could draw on a playing card or even put a painting. You could commission a photograph of yourself or your family, perhaps standing outside your house, so virtually a selfie. There were concerns in the era that the informality of postcards could possibly lead to a decline in writing standards. People deplored that scribbling postcards was a symptom of the busyness of the age. And occasionally there were prosecutions of pornographic postcards, so some concerns were of vulgarity. And indeed, many of the humorous cards play up to this, humorous to some, or offensive to others. There were many concerns over security and privacy. The postcard was immediately classified as a public communication, unlike a letter, so you could be sued for libel. My interest is in literacy studies, so I wanted to research the standards of literacy of people writing and using postcards. Now, obviously, there was an underclass in the Edwardian era, homeless people, people in extreme poverty who wouldn't have been able to use postcards or access them at all. But as I've mentioned, we do have postcards sent to people in considerably impoverished conditions, so perhaps three to a room in a tiny house, that sort of thing. And we do find that these cards are well written, they're legible. They show that the population was well educated at this time. The 1870 Education Act had set up schools in areas which hadn't had them before, and 1880 made school attendance compulsory between the ages of 5 and 10. At that stage, fees were payable, so still some couldn't go to school, and of course the compulsory age was later extended. But it does mean that by the Edwardian age, you have a generally well-educated population, very well able to exchange messages of whatever reason they wanted to. wanted to know why people wrote postcards and how so many have been preserved for us to read today. Postcards were written for all sorts of purposes. A lot of cards refer to collections. People say, here's another one for your collection. Or it's apparent that many people collected postcards in albums of cards received from friends and relatives, so people who meant something to them. So it could either be because of the picture side or the message side or the combination of both that made a card collectible. And it's through postcards being kept in albums that so many of them have come down to us today because through house clearances uh, and such like then dealers extract postcards from the albums sell them separately and that's how I've been able to buy them for the collection. A high proportion of cards like George's refer to letters. You remember that he wrote um, I'm sending letters same post so at the very same time as he was sending the postcard he's writing a letter to send as well. But generally, people say, we'll write later, or sorry I haven't written, or we'll write again soon. And what they mean is they'll be writing a letter soon. So the postcard and the letter were alternate in a constant chain of communications. And the Edwardians sent cards and received them wherever they were. So it was more like social media in the sense that today, when we're away from home, we still carry on sending WhatsApp messages, texts or whatever, or posting on Facebook. And the Edwardians did too. When they were travelling, and they travelled a lot more in that era than had been possible before, they still exchanged picture postcards because of the speed and the efficiency of the deliveries. Julia told us a little bit more about her research, one of the interesting stories from the cards she has studied, and how digging a little deeper can find out a wealth of information about the writer. 
So my research is based on a collection of 3,000 cards, which I've deposited in Lancaster Digital Collections, which is at Lancaster University Library. You can find it online. My book, The Edwardian Picture Postcard as a Communications Revolution, a Literacy Studies Perspective, is coming out with Routledge in either late 2023 or early 2024. I've based my current book on the collection of 3,000 cards. I'll discuss just one other example, a card 2517. And this is a a picture of fruit and vegetables. It almost looks like cabbage leaves, actually, so quite a curious uh, image. And the message makes no reference to the picture at all. Mrs Morton, 32 Alston Street, Ladywood, Birmingham. Dear Ma, I am sorry we should not be able to risk coming down today. Both the children have been very poorly. I will come on Thursday if fine. Can you send up some time today as I want to wash in the morning? Love to all, Agnes. And we found in the 1911 census, just three years later, the Mrs Morton living at the address on the card. She's Margaret, aged 62, born in Glasgow, married to John, who was born in Kilmarnock, Ayrshire in 1846. And he's working in 1911 as a commercial teacher shorthand. Through looking at the census records, we can see that he's had quite a few occupations. In 1911, there are three children living at home. James, who's a bank clerk, Anne, a manageress in a restaurant, and Margaret, a lady clerk, brass founders. So the family are doing quite well and living in six rooms. In 1901, Agnes had been living with her family at another address, but also it's still in Austin Street. Agnes, at that time, before she got married, was working as a waitress and confectioner. And it's Agnes who sent the postcard to her mother. It shows then the great efficiency of the cards in that she could write, a, you know, asking her mother to do something today, I presume send up her washing or something of the kind. But obviously they knew each other well enough for it not to be necessary to specify what thing was going to be sent. Before she left us, Julia explained how the craze began to die out and why we are not still sending postcards every day today. The picture postcard craze is generally thought to have finished in 1910 with the end of the Edwardian age. But in fact, people did continue using postcards with as much enthusiasm as before. It was really the First World War, or the Great War, that was the cause of the end of the postcards. Prices went up, postmen got killed, all sorts of services declined, and there were just so many social changes that combined to bring an end to the picture postcard as it had been. And it's interesting to note that there wasn't anything in the interim period between the Great War and the beginning of the digital revolution. In the intervening decades, it wasn't possible to combine a short message with an image and send it cheaply, really quickly, until it became possible through digital means. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of 100 Years, 100 Objects. Don't forget to listen to some of our other episodes where we talk about everything from Bronze Age axes to backstaffs.